0: Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where it's harpoon and plows plenty in Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick.
1: And I'm Julia.
0: And today we're talking about Minute 94. 94. Which begins with the Valkyrie deftly avoiding being run over, and it ends with Max pausing before he rushes off to deal with the harpoons. Joining us this week are a trio of podcasters known simply as the Midnight Boys. It's Rob, Joe, and Duff from the not-at-all-confusingly-titled a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks I mean, it is true. <laughs> it's, it is free.
2: Can I Always be, will be. I'm going to be Duff Warrior this week.
0: <laughs> that is Crap. a very risky maneuver to take because you are pronouncing it in a very specific way and that may not fly with all of our listeners. Mm. <laughs> That's true.
1: We cannot figure out how to pronounce Doof Warrior correctly. Yep.
0: We've been told it rhymes with roof. And, and poof. Poof. Does it have an umlaut? But it doesn't rhyme with hoof, I think is what it is. Yeah. Which oh all of those things sound the same to me. i no, so. never heard of
2: a hoof. I know of a hoof.
0: Yeah. So hoof. I don't really know what's going on. Is this,
2: just, is this on. just one of those things where people argue about pop or soda or something and
3: there's really no right <laughs> <Yes>. answer? <laughs> it's like uh, Coven and Coven.
0: Yeah, there's a very specific. Wait a way.
4: Second, that that this has is a, a real it. answer, though. <laughs> I mean, like, all right. There's well, now you're bringing our local bias into the yes. picture here.
2: Which is Coven? What?
3: Coven the
4: from American, American movie. movie. Yeah. Oh, you're a Minnesota right. boy. You can't.
3: Yeah.
0: You don't get it. Well, I was about to say that George <laughs> Miller pronounces it a very specific way, but I'm not anywhere near as well spoken as George Miller, so. Sometimes I just throw up my hands in defeat. What can I do? That's fair. But I'll tell you one person that never throws up their hands in defeat. It's the Valkyrie, who even though she was thrown from her motorcycle that she was riding on, when the woman driving the thing was maced in the face by an actual ball and chain, she does that superhero landing, rolls over, and deftly avoids getting run over by one truck, just to pull out a gun and start shooting at another one. It's pretty badass.
1: The other day, Rick and I were with some friends, and we were talking about our celebrity lists. <laughs> oh, okay. I, Ooh, okay. I got yeah. to put the Valkyrie on my celebrity list, because this scene, with her hair like flying all over the place, mm-hmm. it's really hot.
3: Before she gets hit by the car.
1: <laughs> Before.
3: Okay.
4: Good one, Rob.
3: welcome)
0: <laughs> It's not surprising because when we were talking about Megan Gale when she was introduced, I said she was going to be Wonder Woman when George Miller was in charge of the Justice League movie.
1: Yeah. And I definitely see that.
0: Mm-hmm. When was that? What
2: what alternate earth was that that I want
1: to go
0: to? <laughs> yeah, a better one than this one? Yeah. Forget the Snyder cut. Release the Miller cut. Yeah. But the George Miller cut, not like the Mark Miller cut. <laughs> Yeah. And the
1: correct George Miller.
0: Right. Not the one that did Man from Snowy River. The one who did Babe Pig in the City. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and Happy Feet.
1: And Mad Max.
0: And, and Mad
3: Max.
2: Has Lorenzo's oil just been erased from history? What a weird movie. <laughs> oh, man, we
0: very rarely think of Lorenzo's oil.
1: I don't think I've ever once thought of it.
2: <laughs> uh, my mom thought it would be a good idea for our family to watch that on pay-per-view when it first came <laughs> out.
4: So I would oh, have been like... I go on. A, a I'd le- like to know more. A, what? 11. How old were you and what was the occasion? Well, just a I, Saturday family movie night? It was just, yeah. it was Dove's birthday. <laughs> yeah, let's watch
2: this movie about a dying child and <laughs> fighting parents.
3: Yeah, it's based on a true story, right? About, like, some kid with some very rare thing. <laughs> That's all I know.
2: Yeah. And the only other noteworthy thing about that movie is it had a good joke on the critic where he refers to it as a combination of fantasy and
4: crap. Fanta crap. <laughs> it's about the importance of good lubricant. Yes. <laughs> is that what that movie's about? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I haven't seen it. Sure, but why sure.
3: not? Like, what's... <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say otherwise? It has Nick Nolte. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's got that going for it, I guess. <laughs> Former sexiest man alive, speaking of this. <laughs> right emphasis on former
2: (laughs) he did his best to really burn that one to the ground didn't he like well a
4: lifetime
3: role
0: (laughs) i'll take it for just one year i don't think there's any sort of egot equivalent for getting sexiest man alive and then going to the other end of the spectrum
4: (laughs) there should be there should be (laughs) it
0: shows range
3: yes
2: (laughs) it's like it's like an actor who can sing and dance and act (laughs)
3: It's a real life fat suit. <laughs> yeah, like you could have that, like going to jail. That could be one, right? Or at least mm-hmm. being arrested would have to be part of it. I, how many divorces do you need oh, for the failed marriage equivalent?
4: Two. But That's not very many.
3: Well, for Hollywood. I mean, we want this to be, you know, you also have to get you arrested to and, and, <laughs> and previously have been the sexiest man alive. Yeah. You're already working with a small group.
2: I feel like there has to be a significant amount of weight gain, like Brando.
3: Yep. Mm. It, it, drug use of some sort. Yeah. Or Kilmer. <laughs> yep. Embar- embarrassing <laughs> overseas
4: commercial cash-ins should be mm. a part of it, too. Like Orson Welles in that champagne
0: commercial. Yeah. Or maybe a horrifying drunk phone call where you yell racial slurs. Uh-huh. <laughs> we know something about that. Yeah, well, we, we we've been talking a lot about that
4: lately. Yeah, uh-huh. we should call it the Gibson. Yep. speaking of george back to george miller there yeah, yeah we,
2: we look brought, that, we all brought the way
0: this back. all around y- y'all thought it was a tangent but it was all on topic the entire time <laughs> so it's the reason why
4: people like this movie so much is because there isn't a nazi in it i mean i, I don't want to d- d- dig into uh stuff you guys have already dredged up quite a bit but but i do have a lot of like nazi ta- nazi <laughs>
3: tangents
4: related <laughs> tangents to go on because i think it's the best way to read the movie I like, did we not save see it this running. coming. We, 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 I'm ready to give it whenever you guys want movie wide kind of um, analysis. I think it's probably better for next minute, though. So we, that's a little taste, a little okay. taste for the listeners.
0: We'll shelve the Nazis for
4: now. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like to. <laughs>
0: I'd rather run the Nazis. I over guess my team should be, I, think, but, I
4: think that's what this movie is about, is shelving them. But okay, we'll save okay. that for the next minute. I'm going to make a note.
0: So I made mention of Kilmer as we were talking about people who get bloated over time. I just watched Magruder for the first time last <laughs> night, uh, speaking of bloated Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> but I bring him up because the weapon that the Valkyrie pulls out is a Winchester Model 1892, which for people that are gun buffs out there will know that it's a lever action repeating rifle designed mm-hmm. by John Browning as a smaller, lighter version of his large frame Model 1886, which replaced the Model 1873 as the the company's lever action for pistol caliber rounds, such as the 4440. Rob, Joe, you've seen the 1873 version of this rifle in action mm, when you yeah. were talking about Tombstone. Big gun guys, Rob and I. Um, <laughs> I, I, I longtime gonna... listeners
4: know we're real into guns. Gun twirling. And yeah, and that's really, if you go back and listen to the archives of Tombstone Minute, you'll know you'll get a lot of gun analysis uh, model by model, that's what we kind of take deep dives into because we're big gun guys. Uh, Rob, am I? I'm not mischaracterizing our show, am I?
3: <laughs> One of the few emails we got from a listener while we were going was we made fun of the idea of twirling a gun and how it doesn't look very hard. And this guy like wrote like how difficult. I stand
4: by it doesn't look that hard to me. I I, I was not convinced by the email. Looks super easy. If
2: I you recall, just, wasn't just there going to be a video like of Joe trying to twirl a gun? Like, I think we
4: I, promised that, but. We promised a lot of things. (laughs) Rick
2: and Julia, are you guys are you guys gun people? Like, if you turn the camera, is there just a wall of guns behind you?
1: No.
4: No guns. Do do you guys happen to reside in gun country? I mean, all of our country is gun country, but like, oh yeah, there's degrees to it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was hoping it it turned out you were like the the couple in Tremors
4: who just (laughs) (laughs) it just. The other side of the trailer is just a line of, like, <laughs> shotguns and high-powered <laughs> rifles for shooting varmints. <laughs> Coyotes.
2: Gotta be ready for varmints. Yeah, yeah brats.
4: Oh, or bravo or,
2: or whatever or they're, they're
4: called.
3: Uh, I'm sorry, we really, we really threw you off track there. You do edit this in most, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. I don't have to feel as bad, then. I'll make you guys sound halfway decent. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He'll give up at some point, though.
0: Yeah. As our listeners will probably tell you, the amount of editing that I do on guest tracks works on a sort of downward arc over the course of the week. So on Monday, you guys will sound really articulate and just great. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end of the week, you'll sound like babbling morons because I won't cut any and also, of your stuff out.
2: Yeah, also. That's, <laughs> that's a better ratio than any of our other shows. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of shooting varmints, the Valkyrie is busy shooting at the Giga Horse, which is bearing down on her. But she is not having a lot of success because apparently that window is bulletproof, which you can just have in the post-apocalypse.
1: Yeah, I call BS on that. How on earth would there still be bulletproof glass?
2: Would a Martin Joe
4: hoard it just for him? He sent a ship up to Vatican City to bring in all their bulletproof glass. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's in a version of the
2: Mobile. Max is a former cop, so maybe the cop vehicles have bulletproof glass. Maybe they stole it from a cop car.
0: Like, the thing that bothers me is the fact that the Giga Horse is such a large vehicle. Like, its individual parts are from old, gigantic Cadillacs, and it's got this huge curved windshield. That is such a specific piece. Mm. We should solicit the listeners. What makes glass bulletproof? What do you do
4: to it to make? Is it like a certain kind of plastic coating that goes onto it? Do any of got you guys bless know? Bless
0: it with holy water. Yeah. I, I, thank, gosh darn it, we stole it.
2: <laughs>
4: All right, good for you.
0: If you don't want to be imaginative, it's just layers of glass and polymer. Yeah. Regular windows, sure. It's like one sheet of glass maybe like plastic on either side yeah to keep from shattering on a windshield yeah but when you start getting into bulletproof glass it's like glass
3: plastic glass plastic okay. how layers. how many like 95 98 windows <laughs> oh at least <laughs> at least 95 okay you don't
0: want to be running with anything less than that
2: the worst one is millennium edition yeah, yeah.
3: well early on they had one of just 3.1 uh the custom ones are windows glass. me yeah. <laughs> so
2: here, here's a question I have for anyone or the listeners is I w- how long into the process of manufacturing autos did it take to realize that you need that spider webbing glass to keep from just shattering into shards and killing people? Like, was there a-
1: tempered glass?
4: Well, it beats seatbelts, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like, I just wonder, like, was that a Henry Ford thing? It was like, oh, people are being impaled by giant shards oh, of glass. Trust rock. me.
4: Henry Ford didn't introduce the safety measure. <laughs> I, I can
3: assure you of that. I'm just curious. Well, <laughs> I can't even hazard a guess. Yeah. About you- 1936.
1: Wow. Right.
3: 1936 is when it happened?
1: Yeah. Oddly enough, it gives a range from 1936 to 1959.
3: That's a big range.
1: It is a big range. They started using laminated safety glass in all windows except the rear window. Maybe
4: it depended on the state.
2: So for the first like twenty to thirty years of the automobile, just like a rock would hit a window, just a big <laughs> shard of glass would just <laughs> yeah.
3: come flying out and decapitate. It's like it the would be like the end of the ghost, ghost. every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's
1: yeah. the grossest scene.
0: Yeah. Cool. Just be driving along in your Model T and then suddenly giant shard of glass right into your chest. Yep. (laughs) They're like, we should put polymer on the windshields and then 30 years
3: later we'll put on seatbelts. That's how we'll do it. Otherwise you have to visit Whoopi Goldberg to have sex with your
0: spouse again. (laughs) (laughs) Which, she's a busy lady. I don't want people bothering her unnecessarily.
1: She's got a career. Yeah. Does she have an EGOT?
0: Yeah, she has an EGOT. Yeah, she does. Yeah, She's back, one of the right few. Right back again. We, mm-hmm. we, we
3: did it again, guys. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, one thing that I really love about this close up shot that we're seeing of the Valkyrie of her shooting the gigahorse's window is that her gloved hand looks like it has like these bone claws on it. But when you get really up close to it, they're not claws. They're crow skulls. And that is so freaking metal. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, that's pretty sweet.
1: They're from the place where the crows live.
0: Yeah. And she's the one with the outfit that has all the feathers on it. So she gets the crows, gets the skull out of the head, eats and then the crow.
2: uses the feathers. Okay. In the apocalypse, women must be really into crows because there's no more dolphins or horses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but crafting survives. <laughs> I was watching YouTube and I found that there is a I want to say Native American legend. And I'm just going to say that as a blanket statement because I have no idea where the legend actually comes from. But in the world that was created before fire Came to the earth there's like this deity that just Thinks up things and then stuff happens And in that time crows were Like rainbow colored and so the Deity that thinks up things is like I'm gonna Invent winter and then everyone's like really Cold and really miserable and so the Rainbow crow flies up to the deity and he's like Hey can you just like unthink Winter and the deity's like well I can't Really unthink things and so He thinks up a stick and he lights it Using the sun and then hands it to the bird And says bring this back to the earth
2: This is some dorm room nonsense right here.
0: (laughs) And so the bird flies back to Earth with this stick in its beak. And while it's flying, the fire turns its rainbow feathers black. And then it bestows fire on the Earth. And the smoke, like, ruins its singing voice. And that's why crows are black. And they have terrible singing voices. And apparently crows taste terrible. But when you're in an apocalypse, you can't be sitting there saying, oh, give me Fagwa. Like... (laughs) Eat what you got.
3: I'm trying to get crows to come to my yard in real life. Why? Because we have backyard chickens and a hawk keeps killing our backyard chickens. <laughs> but if you get a bunch of crows, a murder of crows will keep a bird of prey away. Really? Yeah. So I keep putting a bunch of corn in a pie pan. Someone told me you should do it in a pie pan because God, that's what the crows like. They like seeing themselves. They're so vain. And, do uh, the squirrels just take it? The squirrels just take it. It hasn't worked out at all. You need an environment rifle. Keep the scrolls away.
2: You need to get a repeater of some type. That's Mm -hmm. a gun, right? A repeater?
4: Yep. (laughs) If you played Red Dead Redemption more, you'd know what to do.
2: Well, most of my gun knowledge is based on Fallout. (laughs) And and Doom. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) All of this gun talk is going right over Duff's head, in much the same way that the Giga Horse goes right over the Valkyrie's head. (laughs) Segway... Due to the incredible ground clearance that that vehicle has. Like, it just, boom, right over. Good thing that that thing has a high center of gravity. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, it's obvious that Joe wanted to run over her.
4: Excuse me? I wanted no such thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He, like, sped up and had a look of determination on his face. (laughs) Why did he run over her in such a way that it didn't actually run over her? Why didn't he go slightly off center to hit her with his wheels?
4: Because he's a big, fat, geriatric loser.
3: He barely <laughs> the wheel, probably. <laughs> he didn't expect her to duck, is what I'm guessing. <laughs> Has anyone tried to argue that maybe Joe's right? <laughs> Which Joe are we talking about? Because lots of people about me. <laughs> no, no, the Joe in this
4: movie.
1: No. Have you seen the movie?
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm no, just let, curious. Let, let him talk, let him talk. <laughs> So I, interest- I thought this wouldn't
3: happen till later in the week, but I was here we wondering go. why Rob brought a shovel to this.
4: I'm <laughs> interested in
2: your pro Morton Joe argument. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't have one. I'm just curious if anyone has and if I need to develop one in the next couple episodes.
1: Please don't. I'm
2: sure if you go on Reddit, someone has a pro. Uh, yeah. Joe argument.
1: Yeah. People who are pro rape. Yeah.
4: yeah. Like Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well- <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says when you go there. Again, uh, we're getting into, t- getting into territory for tomorrow.
3: <laughs> I'm not pro-Joe. Either one. Bold take. <laughs> That's not nice, but okay. But I don't do a podcast with the other Joe, so that should mean something to you.
2: I will say if he tried to veer to hit her, they are driving on sand and it doesn't have a lot of great traction. And he's driving the equivalent of an SUV, so it might roll over. So maybe he just knows you got to just bear ahead. head.
0: I think he also looks at the Valkyrie as small potatoes. Yeah. Like someone that he can just absentmindedly drive over because she's attacking him on the ground with a gun. Yeah. In a futile manner. That's what I was trying to say.
1: She's not really a threat.
0: Right. They're going to be miles away
4: and she's got no vehicle. So, yeah, not a threat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, they solve that problem. Yeah. Because after Immortan Joe drives over Maddie and the Valkyrie. The Valkyrie pops up, and she keeps on shooting at the Giga Horse because she's going to throw as much ammunition downrange as she's got in that rifle. And behind her, she doesn't see, and neither does Maddie because her goggles got smashed in, but the People leader, gigantic, gross human... Specimen that he is <laughs> <laughs> takes control of his rig thing and decides that if Immortan Joe isn't going to run over these women, that he is. And I describe him simply as gross. That's that works. I, that, I feel that's like a it's good very description accurate. for every, almost every
4: man in this movie except for Tom Hardy. Yeah, and, uh, Max, <laughs> excuse me, and maybe the brother guy. Oh, Nux. But he's a little too bulky for my taste. Rictus? Oh, yeah. I don't know the name. I don't. Something erectus. Rictus erectus? Yes. (laughs) I don't do. We have a strict no research uh, (laughs) policy. I'm not recording, so I'm not looking up names.
0: You guys would have fit in great on the You Are Awaited podcast, but we're three, four years out from that one. The way that the people eater takes control of his limo, runs over the women, and then he does that weird, like, tongue, like licking his lips type of thing. It's just if there was any reason not to like him before, like he just keeps exhibiting behaviors that make you like him less and less and less over the course of this movie.
3: What happened to his nose? Does he have that there? So people don't know when he's lying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more interested in what happened (laughs) to his foot. A lot of water weight.
1: (laughs) Well, this is a very irradiated post apocalypse. So I think that answers both questions. I think that's what happened to his nose and his foot.
2: Who's making his suits in the
0: apocalypse? Because he has to have those tailored. Right? Uh, yeah, someone's got to snip the nips
1: off. Okay, whoever is making the, his suit should be fired because they're doing a crappy job <laughs> making the holes. Well, that all depends on <laughs> like, your criteria. Like, they're just, yeah. like, chopped holes. It's not done well. They it's not like there's hemmed. a seam. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like there's a hem and maybe a flap that can be buttoned up or then let loose. Like, you could do that a lot nicer than it has been done.
4: In the apocalypse, a hole's a hole. I think
3: that's, that's the model people use.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: follow. in <laughs> Joe's policy, too. Yeah, yep.
3: Oh, boy. I've never seen this, and it's always made me mad, but there should be a tailor shop called Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> like, Ernest spelled like, you know, you can really trust him. Yep. But I've never seen it.
1: You should start yeah. one. See, This is your start opportunity, your big break.
3: Well, I, yeah. c- I don't have any skills. Yeah,
4: you're, he, he's, he loves to propose small business ideas, but he never falls through on any of them.
0: <laughs> Rob, you got to use that big podcast money that you've got rolling in from yeah, doing yep. a free podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to <laughs> stifle my laughter from what I'm saying. But use that capital and pay it forward to small business people in to your area. open up area. my own seamstress shop. Yeah find someone who really wants to have their own storefront. You'd be like, Nothing. listen, I've got, <laughs> I've got money from my free podcast. You can, that should you be the name of your Etsy uh, account. <laughs> there, there it is. That's perfect. It's terrible for me to go from laughing to mentioning that following the passing of the Valkyrie and Maddie, we get to see Joy and Melita. They're sitting in the back of the war rig there and Joy does the little Fuvulini Grab the air and bring it to your heart salute to say goodbye to her fallen friends. But they don't have much time to mourn because, as Julia was mentioning about holes in the wasteland, apparently there just aren't enough of them. And a bunch of harpoon vehicles come up to shoot huge metal barbed arrow things into the back of the tanker.
3: Before, like, right when Valkyrie gets pet cemeteried. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't there be a lot of, like, does Max see this? Because we see this vision of, like, this girl throughout the movie of being hit by a car kind of the same exact way. And this is the only time in the movie that we actually see someone hit that way by a vehicle. Mm. You would think that would have, like, a pretty big emotional resonance
0: for him. Mm. We haven't seen him yet this minute, but Max is up by the fifth wheel. Yeah. Working with someone else to unscrew the bolts. That's right. So that way they can dump the tanker at the pass. But if he had been up on top of the tanker, that probably would have triggered something in his mind. You would think so.
1: It's a shame they didn't do that because in the movie, it's not really explained to us about who this girl is and why he keeps seeing her being run over in the way that we do. Mm -hmm. And it would give those memories a purpose if he saw it happen to the Valkyrie in a very similar fashion and be affected by it. But he doesn't see that. He isn't affected by it. So those scenes remain pointless. Isn't it his daughter? No, no.
0: Stop! I, Stop. Divisions he has? How oh, could man. you say that he had a daughter? Everybody knows that he had like a year and a half, two year old son that played with guns in the living room. Are you guys able to turn off his mic or I don't
2: don't remember the first one very well. I remember the road warrior
0: better. Oh, that's I'm just going to have to kick Duff from the recording for the rest of the week. No.
1: A criticism that I have of George Miller is that he put comic book material in the movie when most people don't even know that there is a comic book. Hmm. And that's who this girl is. She's from the comic book.
3: But does it matter? Because as someone who's like somewhat familiar with the Mad Max movies, kind of what I enjoy about Fury Road so much is that it works without any previous knowledge. Yeah. Just jump in and you're like, oh, well, these people are bad because their noses are falling off.
1: (laughs) And for the most part, I agree with you. The only part that I don't agree with you is about these visions that Max has.
3: There's no payoff on it. I would agree.
1: Yeah. I think there oh. is one thing that pays off and I think we see it next week.
0: It's I believe
1: Or the week after?
0: It's Monday.
1: It's Monday that next we're going to see one aspect of his visions pay off. Everything else just leaves the viewers like who's that girl? Is that his daughter? Must be his daughter, I guess so. I who's thought it that was that girl. Daughter. Yeah.
0: It's you just, would think that. Someone who's unrelated to Max. It's Hope. One interesting thing about these vehicles that are advancing on the back of the tanker is that the first one who fires, the yellow war boy sitting in the front of the 1968 Plymouth Barracuda Coupe, this is the same vehicle that in last week's minutes, the Valkyrie was riding alongside and she threw a thunder stick into the window and just filled that entire thing with fire. So either the war boy was just slightly burned or. The charred war boy was thrown out and another one got in his place. But apparently the car survived that enough to be in this position to start firing of the harpoons.
3: Well, we see sand like fire (laughs) in this movie. So maybe, you know, maybe they did the old the old sand trick because they haven't learned stop, drop and roll here in in, in the apocalypse.
0: There's just a bag of sand inside every pursuit vehicle.
3: Yep, you just throw the sand. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's, it's Anakin Skywalker's worst nightmare. Just yes. sand everywhere. <laughs> this whole movie is, You actually. throw the sand, and if that doesn't work, you just open up the blood bag, and then th- that puts out fire, too. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> when the harpoons hit the back of the tanker, what comes spilling out?
3: Oh, that's mother's milk. All sorts of just breast milk spraying Okay, everywhere. that's
1: what I thought, but yep. I have a problem with that because that's a lot of freaking breast milk.
2: Yeah. I know that there is... Uh, maybe this is the same comic you were speaking of, but I know that there's a prequel comic. Does that discuss Furiosa just loading up a bunch of mother's milk for this
3: journey? I'm assuming that was the trade. That was a trade for the for the guns and the...
0: Uh, and the gas from Castown. The breast milk and the water and the produce was all loaded by the war boys in order to, I guess, give, but also sort of trade, because... The Bullet Farm and Town are, Globally I guess, named. under the umbrella of a Morton Joe. Like, they are satellite locations that he has given people control over. Like okay. yeah. They run the place, and they're expected to deliver unto Joe of their resources in exchange for water, food, and milk from the Citadel.
2: So they're kind of like Soviet bloc countries after World War II, like Eastern European... Yeah, like... satellite nation, yep. yeah. So they're like Poland okay. or
4: something, yeah. So why don't they just empty the milk uh, the, the, the milk trailer as soon as they are clear of the town? They're like, well, we're not trading this anyways.
1: Because it's sustenance.
4: Yeah. Oh, so they, the, they're willing to use mother's milk
0: as sustenance then? Oh, absolutely.
1: You yeah. You know, it even comes from slave labor. You can live only on breast milk.
0: Especially if you're an infant.
1: It has everything <laughs> you need.
4: Follow-up question. I apologize if this has been addressed on the show already. How long can that stay good in a non-refrigerated trailer? Not hours, long. <laughs> a couple yeah. of
1: hours, which is why I'm so concerned because Okay. Just to gather enough milk to fill this tanker. And the tanker is portioned off. It's not like the whole thing is full of milk. Yeah. Some of it is full of milk. But no matter how small the section of mother's milk is, they had to store it long enough to accumulate that much. The milk was already bad by the time it got to the tanker. And it's been three days, I believe.
2: Guys, this tanker must smell terrible.
4: George Miller, do better. That's what we're saying here.
2: (laughs) Respect the milk. This is milk that's been sitting in the sun for multiple days. It's got to just
0: stink.
1: And it has been a while since we've seen them consume it.
0: They used it to wash blood off of themselves and cool down an engine. We haven't actually seen them drink it. I imagine that after three days, it probably separates into some sort of curd-in-way situation. Under the bottom of the trailer are a bunch of nipples.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, how else are you going to get it out of the trailer? Yeah, Like 18 cows ran up to the trailer to just suckle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like little cats. It's like that that weird creature Luke Skywalker milks in the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's just like that. Also, don't you know, anyone who's had experience with breast pumps knows that you can only you can't resell a breast pump. That's done. That's a that's a one person thing.
1: Seriously, you can't get rid of that if I you change the well, toilet. Yeah.
2: I mean, I mean, I, with I believe pumps. you, but it just seems like you can't uh sterilize it, like there's just too much of a stigma or Yeah, I don't know.
1: There, okay, between milking mothers, there are no stigmas. Yeah. And all you have to do (laughs) is change the tubing. The tubing is one person and you're done.
3: Yeah, that's true. The pump, I suppose you can sell. (laughs) I've got a pump in my, upstairs, someone wants it. This needs new tubes. Isn't it like 10 years old? Well, not like six years old Yeah, if you
1: offer that on like Facebook or something, somebody will come get it.
2: Oh, yeah. You can sell just about anything on Facebook. And it's some like single dude who's 60 too. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's distressing <laughs> Equally distressing is the amount of harpoons That are being fired into the back of this tanker And one of the Vuvolini, Jillian She runs to the front of the tanker Where Max and Antoinette are unscrewing The fifth wheel on the tanker And Jillian shouts down Hey, we've got harpoons and plows They're pulling us backwards They're trying to slow us down And so Max pulls out the bolt cutters Which have just been readily accessible whenever they're needed. They're kind of magic that way. And he starts climbing up the back of the tanker so that he can go with the other Vuvulini to take care of the situation. Because obviously the last thing you want to be doing when you're being pursued is pulled backwards. Yeah, that's how I feel about Rob being on my podcast. <laughs> he's constantly firing things into your back and dragging you down I'm just kidding draining our
4: mother's milk <laughs> just screaming constantly does anyone need
0: a pump does anybody need a pump on our channel like, just I need new,
3: new tubes <laughs>
0: Now, if that's not a shining yeah. endorsement of a free podcast, I don't know uh, what No is. one should listen to it.
1: <laughs> Comes with a free breast pump.
0: I guess so.
3: Yeah, uh, there unless go. you need a pump. I mean, if you need a pump. Yep. First listener to email midnightboyspod at gmail.com gets a pump with old tubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you dispose of the tubes.
0: <laughs> now, since we're here at the end of the minute why don't you guys let our listeners know a little bit more about a free podcast aside from the offer of a free used breast <laughs> free pump. pump. <laughs> like where can they go to listen to it and what kind of things will they find when they get there?
3: Uh, yeah, they can go to a We are finishing up our third season. We sort of talk about movies in our own way. Based off theme, so season one was on Fail Sons, so we talked about movies with cinematic Fail Sons, like as different as The Omen to Tommy Boy to Gladiator. And then season two is Fears and Phobias, so we talked Pet Cemetery, Open Water, but also 40-year-old Virgin, as an example. <laughs> and uh, we are finishing up summer of 1997, so we're looking at movies that were released that summer. So that goes anywhere from Con Air to My Best Friend's Wedding to... Our most recent episode coming out soon will be Speed 2 Cruise Control. Hmm.
2: Do you guys like G.I. Jane? <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, that was the appropriate amount of silence for that question, too. That's exactly Because we right.
3: talked about that one, too. Nice work, Duff.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, freepodcast.com. Yeah. freepodcast.com. Mm, yeah. yeah. You need to have the qualifier on there. Otherwise, you'll get lost. Otherwise, yep. you just
2: get a bunch of... Uh, expired domains that are <laughs> grabbed up by like GoDaddy and they're say, you can buy this domain for ten dollars.
0: <laughs> well, you certainly don't have to buy any domains from us because we are going to be coming back on Wednesday when Max and Joy will work together to get rid of the harpoons and plows. Antoinette will get blindsided by a chunk of the rig being torn off, and the pole cats will move into attack. The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
1: The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers.
0: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dse by Daniel Batista of DanielBautista.com.
1: Our home on the internet is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Mad Max Minute, like us on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute, and join our Facebook listener group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone.
0: If you'd like to support the podcast, visit madmaxminute.com, where you can see what's in our Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full.
1: Thank you for joining us for Minute 94 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.